This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Thank you. Thank you all very much for coming to Obsessed. Uh, This is a very special episode to me because I have two friends on the podcast that I've wanted to have on the podcast for a long time. Uh, We're all in a storytelling collective called the Rockstar Storytellers. And these are two gentlemen that I consider both friends and I've worked with. They're uh, very talented people. They're comedians and writers. They're also very good friends who bicker a lot. (laughs) They're the kind of friends that if you go to a party, all you really want out of the party is to end up with them in the kitchen at 2 (laughs) a.m. when they're yelling at one another about things that don't matter. (laughs) So I've invited them here on this podcast to do exactly that. So you, the audience, will get to decide who of these gentlemen is the most obsessive in their topics. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, please welcome Mr. Ben Sandell. Thank you. I feel like I should have an opening speech or something. No, no, no. We'll we'll get to that. And please welcome (laughs) Mr. Philip Andrew Bennett Lowe. Um, and can you can you guys just physically describe yourself for the listening audience of the podcast? Ben, what do you look like? Uh, dapper, um, but with running shoes, like a uh, like a natural stand-up comedian. And what would you say is your overall aura? My overall aura, aura it would be uh, I would say wood chip smell. A wood chip smell aura. Yeah, Excellent. Yeah. And, Philip, can you describe your physical appearance? Uh, I am about seven and a half feet tall, just <laughs> rippling with muscles from shoulders to thighs. It's, it's, I, I intimidate a lot of people when they first meet me. So, so yeah. the only parts of you that are muscular are shoulders to thighs. <laughs> exactly. I'm, very I'm, weak neck and ankles. It's, it's true. I'm a shaved Chewbacca. That's, that's <laughs> Excellent. What I am. Excellent. Well, thank you for doing that. One of the things that fascinates me about you guys is you have a lot of similarities, but like Ben is very blonde and light, and Philip is very <laughs> dark and brooding. And this is true of their personalities as well. So picture that in your mind. A light, blonde, wood chip man <laughs> and a rippling, dark, brooding figure with weak ankles. That is who you're listening to. So uh, Ben, you are obsessed with stand-up comedy. So can you start out by just kind of how would you describe stand-up comedy to somebody who's never heard of it? Who's never heard stand-up comedy? <laughs> um, I, w- I would describe it as you have to go on stage, a, a performer will go on stage, and they have to constantly be getting positive feedback from the audience, or they fail. <laughs> so it's, it's, I would just you just sit there in the audience in this high pressure, and and you have this is. One of the reasons I'm obsessed with it is because you know right away if you're failing, if you're not getting a laugh. So if you're not getting a laugh, then if you do poetry, you could, you know, touching people on the inside in their heart. <laughs> and you don't know if it was good or not. It right, you, you but, have to ask them, am I touching you in the heart? And they <laughs> yes. would have to applaud and woo. So you can be touching people in the heart with stand-up comedy as well, but they have to be expressing that uh, pleasure of that touch with laughter. Right. Uh, or constantly. I, constantly. Like once every 30 seconds at least. Once every 30 seconds. That's, yeah. that's your goal? At least. Cool. <laughs> Excellent. I think, that, I think that's a wonderful description of stand-up comedy. <laughs> a fearful thing in which you might die. Um, and Ben, you or, or rather Philip, you are obsessed with 
Arthurian legend. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay, yes. you might need to explain that even more than stand-up. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, uh, it's basically, it's the big national heroic legend of Britain. It uh, dates from the 5th century, and it's, uh, it's sort of the great, uh, overpowering, terrifying big brother legend of great benevolent authority, of the great king who was there and died and will come back to save us all someday. That's Okay, so these are immediate insights, and that's awesome, because I asked, I asked Ben about stand-up, and instead of it telling jokes to make people laugh, <laughs> uh, you just stand there and try not to die. <laughs> and then I ask you to say what, what I would say, it's the legend of King Arthur and Lancelot in the sword Excalibur, and instead you tell us the deep thematic meanings in its resonance with modern culture. That's a beautiful picture of who you guys are as human beings. Okay, so I've got some uh, specific questions for you about your obsessions. So uh, please feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, Ben, but you're very analytical about your comedy and yes. your, your act, right? Yes. So what, what do you analyze? What do you think about? Well, um, just in terms of the detailed joke telling, honestly, the, the, the thing about, the thing that fascinates me is that no matter how much I analyze it, I can't find an answer. You know, and that's, is is sort of like dark matter. Nobody knows what the hell it is. Nobody knows what humor is or why people laugh or or even if there's a formula for a joke, which makes me super fascinating because I'll just sit there and think about it and be like, okay, what, what, is there an A plus B plus C? There is nothing. I can tell, I can tell jokes for seven years and have no idea if a new joke is going to work or not. And that, by itself, I think is worthy of analysis. Just is there a science behind comedy, or is it just magical? Because I, yeah. nobody knows what the hell. A lot of people have theories, including me. <laughs> yeah, well, people do have theories. I've never found a theory that seems to apply to every joke that you can tell. Like, there's not a grand unifying theory of joke writing. And I, I well, found... I, I think that the grand unifying theory of comedy and other other philosophers boil it down in, in a lot of different ways. But that it's just it's contrast. So it's. It, when you set up one expectation and break it. But I think within that, it's all of these bizarre, twisty, turny things of who is the audience that night? Are they mm -hmm. hungry? Did you screw up the delivery on the joke? You know, there, there are so many elements to building on that basic well, block. Contrast is important, but I, there has to be, because you can just be like red, 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 blue, and that's a contrast, and it's not funny, uh, clearly. <laughs> um, so what... What do you have to do in addition to bringing that contrast in there? Why, why, if you say red and then you say blue, why would that? How you know? What? Where's the twist? The twist in? I feel like it has to. Whatever the twist is, whatever that contrast is, it has to be truthful to the universe that that joke exists. I'm getting way too analytical right now. No, no, no. Uh, you're not. So. If, if, if you have a twist that's unexpected by the audience, they have to go, oh, I didn't expect that, but now that you said it, it makes perfect sense based off of, it. Just you just took me in a different direction. If it doesn't make sense based on what came before it, it's still not funny, even if it is a good contrast. Yeah, I, I think that's true, that you need to, to surprise people in, in general, then have them be surprised, but then have it make sense. But I think there's plenty of comedy, like you can just say, red, 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 cocksucker, in with the right audience, like, I really wasn't <laughs> expecting cocksucker to be a color. But now we'll we get a laugh, even though it's not like, oh, yeah, <laughs> cocksucker should be a color. I never thought of it that way. But now that I've heard it. But what you and I have just done is we've created a, a universe in which that joke now works. Uh, you, 
I agree. So, so now we are gods like, who have made the universe. We could, that, that's why I'm obsessed with comedy. You get to be gods. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, cool. So, um, Philip, you write a lot of uh, like plays and stories based on the King Arthur myth. So uh, why do you do that? Why? Why do you? Why are you drawn to that myth? Good God! I wish I had a good answer to that question <laughs> because because I tour a lot and I actually get asked this question a lot, and every time I've come up with a lot of sort of snarky shorthand answers. Well, let's hear one. I'd love to hear one of those. <laughs> like, uh, well, I've, I I did one of it's it's the the love of big brother. It's the love of benevolent authority thing is one that the. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I really feel like it's it's one of those things. I have a thing where I believe it follows this whole weird British nationalism thing where because the story has just kept growing and had so many different authors, it's like the DC universe, you know, <laughs> where it's had like, where you've had like a hundred different people writing a story a different way. Eventually they're going to hit on a bunch of really cool resonances. So you're mostly <laughs> trying to explain. Uh, King Arthur by explaining something else that, that people is don't exactly know. Exactly what I'm doing. I'm, Excellent. I'm creating an analogy. So when you to... when you say uh, that you are interested in the Big Brother aspect, are you interested in criticizing that, or do you like do you long for a Big Brother society where there's a big leader telling you what to do and think? Oh, I, I'm totally horrified. <laughs> <laughs> in the like the the irony is not lo- I, I mean politically I'm I'm a hardcore libertarian anti-authority so I am very conscious of how weird it is that I'm so into the big authoritarian myth <laughs> <laughs> like and and again I wish I had a good answer for that the the and my first ways into the story I was really I was a Catholic schoolboy who was really into the Grail stuff and really into all of the knights and all of the yeah it's knights with swords the, that's just cool yeah. Knights with swords is definitely cool. That, <laughs> and and it it strikes me that uh, uh, the more Arthur is involved, the less interested I am. That uh, it's it's generally about people marching off and questing and having adventures, and then coming back to the court and Arthur asking what happened, and them telling Arthur, oh. and that is the sum total of Arthur's involvement. Oh, in can I ask story. something really personal? <laughs> yeah. So your your father. Yes. Uh, is a doctor, right? A very successful doctor? By all means, let's bring daddy issues into this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I asked. Twist. <laughs> all right, yeah, I am. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> red, red father. <laughs> <laughs> father cocksucker. Uh, so your, your, your dad uh, has sent you on missions much like King Arthur would send his knights, right? <laughs> Sort of. Okay. The, uh, yeah, I know Philip well. Obviously, yes. people know this. Philip has done a story about how, in order to kind of track down some of his past and his family's past, you went to a mountain and killed a pig on the orders of your father, right? I did do this, yes. The, okay. the pig was already dead. I did not actually kill it. The, there, there was a ritual so you were just surrounding sort of... the sacrifice. Okay. Like, I had to, like, scatter rice and pour wine and stuff. I did not actually slit the pig's throat. But was it a pig, or was it, like, a no, ham it sandwich? No, it, it was a pig. It was, it was dead. But <laughs> your, your, your father asked you to do this, right? Yes, my father did ask me to do this. Okay. <laughs> and did you come away with any anything? Did you, like, an item that he wanted for his... <laughs> like, 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 like a, a sort of grand personal revelation from this? Yeah, or like what, a like... physical item that he wanted you to collect, that he had sent you on a mission. 
Wait, like a part of a pig? Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> did you? What did you come back with? I, I, I came back with recognizing that I'd done this and wanting it to mean more than it did. I'm again <laughs> leaping off into a weirdly existential <laughs> direction that I don't think you were leading this conversation towards. No, no, that's fine. We'll get to the Green Lantern Corps in a moment. And Excellent, be, yeah, thank it, you. See, now, the beauty of, of stand-up comedy is you can take the father issue killing the pig story and just make jokes about it and then then you can, then it's fine after that. Once people laugh at your tragic crying on the inside, then it's, it doesn't yeah. matter anymore. It's not well, a just problem. like, yeah, I killed a pig. Here's everything. <laughs> you go home and think well, about I, it. I think I speak for everyone in my family when I say I hope my father never hears this <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so, Ben, I have another question for you. If you couldn't do stand-up for some reason, what other kind of comedy would you do? Uh... You mean like on stage, like like miming or something, or like if any other uh, kind of like if there was a sort of a because it wouldn't be miming if there was, if there was a if big daddy authority figure who said you can't go on stage and you had to obey him. Oh, I would I would totally want to write uh you know, like sitcoms. Cool sitcom writing about stand up. It, if I couldn't do stand-up, I mean, I would. I mean, I would like to do both. Ideally, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would like. I just think I. People make fun of sitcoms, but I think Seinfeld and and uh, and nowadays Community are some of the best writing that is out there. Yeah. I, so I, I would that. be. I would love to be a part of that. Excellent. You see how quickly and simply Ben answered that. There's question. no dead <laughs> pigs. Uh, so I'm gonna, I have another question for you, Philip. Uh, in all of the Arthurian legend, is there a character that you relate to the most, that you feel like that's the one that, that's like me, or that you're, you gravitate toward? That has changed over the course of my life, but most recently, it's uh, Lancelot, I would say. And it's... it's Boo. To- Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Lancelot sucks ass! <laughs> so obvious. <laughs> no, but like, because I'm one of those guys. I hated Lancelot for years, and it was totally <laughs> one like, of those guys. But but it was no, it was it was, it was totally like it's like the Superman thing. Oh, it's were you like being the, like were you being a King Arthur hipster where like Lancelot was exactly what it is too easy to like? Okay, yeah, and so, and it's also because it's like the Superman is the big blue Boy Scout thing. Right, that's easy to hate. In Lancelot. And Lancelot falls into the same thing. But my big revelation was, because I hated him because he's the perfect knight, and that's the baggage right. he carries with him. Everyone calls him the perfect knight. And my big breakthrough was realizing, no, he's not the perfect knight. He's someone who is constantly surrounded by people who are telling him that he is the perfect knight, and this has made him hopelessly neurotic about like, <laughs> making any life decisions whatsoever. <laughs> Excellent. So you feel like what you need is someone in your life to remind you that you are not perfect. <laughs> Very no, and and ultimately what it is is it's a guy who keeps swearing himself to absolutes. That's what Lancelot okay. is. He's like he he has to be a perfect Christian and a perfect lover and a perfect soldier and all of these things contradict each other and eventually he keeps having these mental breakdowns and jumping through windows and shit, which <laughs> happens a lot in the stories. Excellent. He's like Batman. He's exactly like Batman. That's where I'm going with this. Yeah, he jumps through windows and shit. Excellent. Uh, So, Ben, do you have a favorite stand-up comedy topic that you have? Oh, yeah. Um, If if a comedian can make science funny, I love that. I mean, if they talk about evolution or the science of a... If they can make the science of a tree... Funny or photosynthesis, if I will, I will just adore it if it's funny. So you you want like a huge challenge? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. I'm not a big fan of trying to make 
offensive humor. I but I am a fan of a challenging, non-typical, just scientific religion. Religion gets is that's tough, but that's so hard because audiences will just start immediately back away from that. But you can talk about science, and the problem isn't offense. It is oh shit, this is going to be boring. Right. He's going to talk about trees. But for, you, but for your act, what is, what is your favorite topic that you've covered in your own stand-up? I would say... Um, I, I mean, I, t- I talk about evolution, too. And uh, I, I, enjoy, I enjoy talking about... like the One of my favorite things to talk about is how the primal part of our brain as humans, like the obsolete part of our brain that's still stuck in the jungle, still sticks its head into our situation in real life now, even just to make us look like idiots, really. And I love talking about that. And it's sort of like, it's, you're talking about evolution, essentially, but you're trying to make it, you know, exciting for people who cool. maybe wouldn't think about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I saw uh, one of Ben's sets very recently in the, the evolution, uh, the little hurtful person in the back of our brain. was <laughs> that, that was an awesome segment. You, should, I, should I give an example? Do we have time? I, sure, yeah. Uh, Okay, do so it, I, think, I think the part of the part, there's a part of your brain. I'm a stand-up comedian. I have to say a joke you, if I'm on you stage. You instantly it, got ten times louder. <laughs> it's, I love talking about evolution. I think that this the primal part of our brain is why we crave fat because we had to, you know, when we were cold weather climate uh, ancestors, used to have to hunt for weeks to get precious fat. Now to get that same fat, we just walk five feet and grab a cookie, and it tastes so good. Because a primal part of our brain is like, oh, thank God, we may survive this winter yet. <laughs> Eat the entire box right now. <laughs> then make a pizza. Put the cookies on the pizza. You're high. You know you want to. And that's why. So there's, that's, that's yeah. an example. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, so, that yeah, that's a great part of Ben's act. Uh, and a part of the podcast listening audience can't hear is that he has developed this sort of gesture where... <laughs> One of his hands is behind his head, and it is sort of flashing to indicate the rate of speech. Like, he's kind of got, like, a little <laughs> finger puppet growing out the back of his head. Or it looks kind of like maybe the dinosaur from Jurassic Park. <laughs> it's like a little... Like if a he was really neurotic. Yeah. But that's great. It's a very physical... I believe awesome that's thing. Dilophosaurus. All right. Like, <laughs> what? Totally <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're... Oh, uh, Dil- you actually uh, got- Philip, oh, I don't know if you know, but you have a microphone. I do. There I you go. have a microphone. Right. I'm sorry. I totally did that. It's, it, yeah, you guys start bickering, and the, the microphones <laughs> come down, and it's the kitchen at 2 a.m. <laughs> All right, so this is a question that I want you guys both to answer together. What would happen if you guys worked together to do just a kick-ass stand-up bit about King Arthur? Could you guys together make that work? Uh, it would yeah. involve at least six weeks well, of fighting. We would I'm have to. I mean, though. we would be. I. I, hmm. <laughs> to make it work as stand up comedy, I, I'm trying not to sound I'm like sure an a asshole here right has now. I told um, a joke about King Arthur that worked at some point. <laughs> I. Uh, just to bring it out in front of like the, the like a bar. You think, like you think we could do that? Yeah, like a comedy club where the people like are drunk and there's like a bachelorette <laughs> party in the front. Like, all right, so how about some Lancelot humor here? Uh, he's what like if, Batman. What, what if you? Uh, what if you try? What if you tried to make Excalibur uh, a a penis analogy? It's already a penis analogy. <laughs> <laughs> really? It's a penis that's stuck in a stone. How often does that happen? <laughs> 
it's totally you're pulling it out and it makes the it's totally a metaphor. <laughs> that is a, that's a, a horrible segment. sexual metaphor. <laughs> My penis is stuck in something and only one man can pull it out. <laughs> that's a total metaphor for like a bad relationship or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, and it's totally swords going into and out of things. It's they're, they're, okay, it's there's, murder. There's there's a great Arthur story about a. a Excalibur and the sheath where Merlin corners Arthur and says which is more valuable to you Excalibur or the sheath Ooh, he does yeah. he does. This is a, a little thing. on the nose Merlin <laughs> and, and Arthur says oh the sword the sword is badass and Merlin's like no the sheath is totally more badass <laughs> and it's a weird conversation well cause the the sheath can heal all his wounds and keep him from bleeding. So that's the secret power of the. There's, there's. It's definitely a sex thing. Is where I'm going with. Well, that. what does okay. the sheath like, stand for? A vagina. Oh. Was, <laughs> like, was I too subtle? I'm sorry. Did I? I'm sorry, Ben. Let me put this in. This is why I write for like <laughs> slow people who are drunk in comedy clubs because <laughs> I am right on their level. I'm like. <laughs> Because when you think about vaginas, you think about <laughs> stopping things from bleeding. So. <laughs> are, are we are we all there now? Is like, Heyo! <laughs> sheath, 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 vagina. Just uh, just think about it that way. It'll make it. Okay, so audience, uh, I want to get your your assessment of who you think is more obsessed with their topic. So please applaud for one or the other. For Ben with stand-up comedy. <laughs> Wow. For, okay. Right. Okay. I I I'm, I want to make sure I get this right, so I'm going to ask for Philip with King Arthur. All right, Ben, you have a lot of work to do if you want to win this uh, podcast. So you right. you need to get crazy on our asses. So we're going to go into a lightning round about kind of general questions about your obsession level. So you guys ready? Yes. All right. So Ben. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who <laughs> did not indicate he was ready. I'm, 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 I'm ready. But instead sort of lazily picked up his beer. Ben, do you think about stand-up comedy every day? Yes. Philip, do you think about Arthurian legend every day? Yes. <laughs> ben, if you could, would you make love to stand-up comedy? Oh, yeah, probably. It would be... Amazing, I think, if that was possible. <laughs> Except for it'd be a lot of disappointment afterwards, <laughs> and a lot of just neurosis. Anyway, yeah, you would, you would, I would try it. I would you would it. put I would give your it a whirl. Excalibur in that. <laughs> yes, I would. I would totally. You would give it. A... Keep subverting your expectations. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there'd be you're... some twist at the end. I'd be like, oh, it's a sheath or something. I don't know. <laughs> it'd be a twist at the end. Oh, like, no, no. <laughs> uh, Philip, if Michael Bay made a King Arthur movie, would you go to it? I would go to it and complain loudly through the whole thing, yes. <laughs> so you would, you would welcome that opportunity. I, I feel like I had this experience with the 2004 King Arthur movie. That was very much what uh, I would expect that to be. Yeah. What did you think of First Night with Richard Gere? I recognized, <laughs> I recognized that that movie existed, yes. Ah. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Ben, if stand-up comedy was outlawed by the government, would you still do it? Oh yeah, yeah, I would. It would be. To, it, would be it would be even more fun. You would go and sneak. It would be like a speakeasy. You'd go yeah. and have the little hidden room because that's what it feels like anyway. It's, in a, it's always in a basement <laughs> where people have to like climb through a cellar to get down there and 
they're sneaky. Yeah, yeah. So you I totally would. You think it'd be more fun if you were defying the big daddy of society? That's you know, that's what stand-up comedy does anyway. Is defy it's the big just, daddy? I mean, it's yeah. yeah. It's basically yeah. It's just, stand-up comedy is basically just like a big fuck you to King Arthur, right? <laughs> yes, it is. Okay, so Philip, would you punch another human being because of a fight about King Arthur? Yes. <laughs> I, I, no, I'm playing out the scenarios in my head. and There's well, definitely a scenario where I would do that, yes. Uh, would well, you punch a relative? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> that probably wasn't a good example. You seemed more into punching I'd, a relative. I kind of want to anyway, so... <laughs> Excellent. Uh, ben, would you get a tattoo of a laughing microphone? Uh... No, but I don't. I think that that's as a stand-up comedian. I just I I couldn't do that. That but, would just be like so the, it would be like I was uh, promoting a comedy club somewhere. Like, have you been to have you been to Banana Shack or whatever? <laughs> well, that's kind of what I'm getting at. It's like all the all these uh, great comedians who are trying to think through new and novel ways to do stand-up comedian are like performing at the joke hole or the you know. <laughs> Hey, the, the Joko, I have a yeah. tattoo right here. I don't know why I keep pointing to my <laughs> ass, but yeah. It's your your primal <laughs> hand brain is uh, making you point at your ass. All right. Yeah. Uh, I think I know the answer to this question. Philip, would you wear a t-shirt that says, ask me about King Arthur, bitches? I don't understand why I'm not wearing that t-shirt <laughs> right now. Would you get a tattoo that says that? Absolutely. If, <laughs> if my girlfriend couldn't stop me from doing that, then yes. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, ben, if someone asked you to, would you do stand-up comedy at a funeral? Um, it depends on who's asking. Is it like the, uh, the, the next of... Can the, the person who has the most respect for like if it's a, if it's a stand-up comedian who died, I totally would. What if it, what if I put it in my will that when I die, I wanted you to do, to do a stand-up set? Oh yeah, yeah, I would. And then because I think it would be kind of a tough room. It would be an absolute <laughs> tough room. But I have done, I have done, I mean I've done a wedding, which is not much of a stretch. Really? Where did you do a wedding? It was they just came and talked to they saw us at open mic me and Andy Erickson and like hey you want to perform hey you want to ruin my daughter's wedding um, <laughs> and we're like yeah we'll we'll get paid to ruin your daughter's wedding you're going to get blamed for it we had so we, it was outdoors and we didn't know the family and there was a karaoke machine and it was a total family and I was I was tell, I told I was like I got to be clean but then I told the dick joke Okay. And they laughed, and I was like, oh, I can, yeah. be, I can be dirty, I guess. And then I told a masturbation joke, silence. And like this two-year-old kid came running across in front of the stage amid that silence like a tumbleweed <laughs> in a ghost town. And I was like, all right, I just ruined your wedding. Now, thank you. I'll take that $300. And then, so, yeah. Did you just, did you, did you stop? Did you like, I did a masturbation joke, a toddler ran by, and was, I got to stop? It was, I, I was smart enough to put it near the end, so I had like a minute left. So I like, I tried to did, like do one like quick clean joke after that. And they're like, no, you're already done with us. We are, <laughs> there was like grandmothers there and there's like, it was just kids and I don't know why. Okay, but, okay, but they would is... totally laugh at dick jokes, but a masturbation joke, well, no. yeah, because because no marriage is the symbol <laughs> of the hopeful end of masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> marriage is our society's way of saying you don't need to do that anymore. <laughs> that is true. That is absolutely true. So why if, why did you want why did you go to a wedding and say I'm gonna sneak a masturbation joke in there? Because it's, it, it was a, at the time it was one of my best jokes. It got it got a good laugh, and I was like, you know what? I want to end strong, and they would totally after this erection dick joke. I it won't work now because you already know you know because masturbation no pressure. 
masturbation is actually the twist at the end. You don't see it. <laughs> you don't see it coming. Okay, but we do. <laughs> so, <laughs> we all understand that it won't be funny okay. because you're telling it in this this cold the, what, way. The but joke we is hear it. okay. The joke is everybody. I I've I watched uh, uh, golf uh, when golf tournaments. All the crowds clap with two fingers when they watch a golf <laughs> turn, when they like love it and it's like so I want to see what it sound like if a whole crowd did the golf applause just at once and so I have them so like everybody here do the golf applause for me oh god that was great you guys it sounded like the entire audience broke into spontaneous masturbation and that was the most terrifying flash okay, mob ever so <laughs> you didn't tell a masturbation joke you tricked the bride's <laughs> grandmother into making a jerking you know, off your noise <laughs> And you're probably right. There was probably the kid, that kid who ran Platt probably participated too. Uh, oh, now you're making me feel even worse about That's this. This is really different. Let's, let's all go to the wedding. Self. Let's throw some rice. Let's make a beady so. off noise. <laughs> they probably still talk about that today. Like, remember, Don, when you hired that comedian to do the masturbation joke? And it was just... Uh, anyway, to answer your question, I would totally do a funeral. That would yeah. be easier, and it would be better, and it would be more appropriate. He looks so bright, like a little wood chip. <laughs> No, it's good. Okay, so Philip, I also know the answer to this question. If I gave you five dollars, would you walk into a random Arby's and just start telling people about King Arthur? I do that without the five dollars. <laughs> That's not okay. So the final question is for both of you, and this is one that comes up a lot on the podcast, uh, and it's about Hitler. Uh, so, Ben, would you perform stand-up comedy for Hitler? <laughs> Well, okay. D do I know he's Hitler, or is he just some guy in the audience randomly? Like I have. Okay, to, like, yeah. Let's sure, let's say you're doing you, like, you perform I a lot got, of Acme. Let's say you're just you're looking at in the crowd and you notice you're like, <laughs> God damn, that's a Hitler. private party. <laughs> he just got, he has uh, uh, no, no, no. So, but would you stop the show and go, Hey, are you Hitler? I w well, I would just make I w yeah, okay. I would perform, but I would make fun of them, and then well, <laughs> but then they would enjoy that. They'd be like, oh. Uh, because people like that when you make fun of them. So, ah, man, no. This is a tough question. It, this is making really me is. go. Because as my job, I, I mean, you're not supposed to discriminate. You're just supposed to do jokes <laughs> and make everybody laugh who needs, to, who needs to laugh on that day. And if I can keep him from being mean for one day by laughing, then maybe this is better. Yeah. So <laughs> if you had a time machine and you could go back and do a masturbation joke for Hitler's wedding... <laughs> <laughs> If it was that same dead silence, <laughs> I would totally do it, yeah. Okay, and Philip, uh, would you perform a play about King Arthur for Hitler? In a heartbeat, <laughs> yeah, no hesitation. <laughs> and I'd want to sit down and discuss it with him afterwards. <laughs> At an Arby's. At an Arby's, yeah. Excellent. <laughs> this is one of my favorite things about this question is because sometimes people wrestle with just the question, and then other people are like, get really tied up in the <laughs> metaphysics of like, well, how is Hitler? Where's what's going on with Hitler? How is this happening? Okay, uh, so you guys think for just a moment if you want to change your analysis based on that that lightning round, <laughs> lightning in quotation marks. Uh, so I'm going to ask these guys some final questions, and then we'll end the podcast by you guys voting for who is the most obsessed. Uh, so these are the the questions I ask everybody at the end of the podcast. Ben, if you were an action figure, what accessories would you come with? Uh, it would I, um, a laser gun from Star Wars because I would be one of those original like Han Solo action figures from the original movies. So a laser a laser what, what gun. <laughs> My brain's isn't working right now. What are they called? Blasters. Blaster. God <laughs> damn it. 
Like the what the thing I pick, I can't even think of the name. You lost any I would, points. No, that Star it, actually, Wars you know what? I changed my mind. I changed. I would. I would. It would be a sheath. <laughs> <laughs> no sword, just a sheath. This is this more important. So the the Ben Sandel action figure would come with just an empty symbol for a vagina. <laughs> yes. Excellent. Because I always go for that funny. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Philip, if you were a salad, what kind of salad would you be? It would have ranch and chicken in it. Because <laughs> I like both those things. I'm sorry, was I supposed to have something more thoughtful than that? I just like ranch and chicken. No, I just I really like how, how, how you've gotten really militant over the course of this podcast. <laughs> yes, I would. Yes, I would. Chicken and ranch. Fuck off. <laughs> okay, so Ben... If you could only say one word for the rest of your life, what would that word be? <sighs> well, uh, it would be, well, <laughs> well. I think that's a great answer because you can function well in a conversation well. with that. Yeah, people would, you could get by. You yeah. could get by with that. That's yeah. the most important word. Yeah, you would just... Sound like a really active listener who maybe wants to leave. Well, 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 well. How are you doing? Well, well. <laughs> there you go. All right, so Philip, if you were a wizard who could shoot something out of your hands, yes. what would you shoot? Uh, 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 electrified penguins, because that's because that's as cool as lightning, but penguins are involved. <laughs> so it'd be kind of cute. Yeah, it'd but be deadly. adorable, and also people would have to watch their relatives die horribly. <laughs> uh, I, I, I would love well. to see that at a wedding. <laughs> All right, so Ben, what is happiness? Well. What is happiness? Yeah. Oh, man, this is a lightning question. I could just no, no. I can sit a... here. I should be like high on something to answer this question. I don't know why, but it just seems so. What, happiness is. I want to say satisfaction, like just being content and satisfied, but that's isn't that just another word for not being motivated? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to cut you off there. That's a great answer. All right. uh, and Philip, what is happiness? Happiness is a balance of chemicals in the brain. All right. <laughs> and that's also a very a good answer. So now we're going to decide. Don't boo, it's true. <laughs> you just don't want to admit it. <laughs> So now that Philip has yelled at you about what you think happiness is, audience, we're going to have you applaud again to see who is the final the victor. Golf, golf clap. Yes, please applaud as though you are a masturbating grandma at Ben's wedding. Please applaud if you think Ben is obsessed with stand-up comedy. All right. One some uh, people over. Full-on loud jerking off noises. <laughs> and is Philip more obsessed with King Arthur? By a hair, Philip is the winner of our podcast. Thank you guys very much. That is our podcast. Thank you. Listening to Obsessed, Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Obsessed.